And welcome back, podcast listeners, to the Carry On Cast at Easter Lutheran Church. This is Pastor Brandon, and I'm here with... Hey, I'm Pastor Megan. And we're recording today. Pastor Steve is actually in Milwaukee with a youth mission trip. Um, So we're thinking of him and all those students learning and serving and growing and, um, and hoping he's getting some sleep. I'm not, because I'm sure that the answer to that is that he's really not getting any sleep. Uh, so we've got one group in West Virginia, one group in Milwaukee, and I'm pretty sure no one's sleeping. So, hey, yeah. enjoy. Bingo. Yeah. Um, so just be glad you didn't volunteer to lead those trips. That's not the one. That's not oh, what you take away not, from that, oh, Pastor that's Brandon. Not it. Sorry. The point is that it is worth <laughs> sacrificing sleep for such a life-changing opportunity. That's, that's the point, I, man. I see. Thanks for straightening that out well as a as a short timer here you might not yeah. understand such intricacies i've so. stopped thinking about intricacies you um, thinking <laughs> but i, I could have stopped there couldn't i stop thinking but actually what i've been thinking about is my favorite bible passage we're in the midst <gasps> yeah. of our uh word of life worship series and the preacher each week gets to pick their own passage and so for my favorite passage from the bible at the time, Pastor Megan told me to pick one. Right. Uh, is Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 3a. And as we've established, when you say A, B, or C with a verse, it means you read like the first half or the second half, or mm-hmm. should it be long, the third half. This means just the first half of verse 3. Yeah. And with that, beginning with verse 1 of Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob... He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your savior. Ooh. That's good stuff, right? That, that is good stuff. And, mm. and Pastor Megan, what I've really been chewing on here is, you know, this is the, we would say there's three parts to the book of Isaiah. Right. This falls kind of in the second part. And it's spoken um, by the prophet to Israelites who are living as exiles in Babylon. So we, we of course, everybody remembers 587 BCE, the Babylonians kind of, take over Jerusalem, and they send a bunch of Israelites to go and live in Babylon as exiles, right? I'm, I think that's kind of a given. All of our listeners remember that. Right. It's um, it, Here's the, I'm not even being facetious when I say it. it's really a truly essential viewpoint to hold, especially mm-hmm. when you look at Old Testament. That time of exile is so critical to the way God's people changed in their conception of like what was even possible because for so long it had been God will always defend us. God will always protect us. We are above reproach. Whoops. Whoops. The kingdom breaks in half, slowly <gasps> falls apart, becomes destroyed and sent into exile. And God's people go, hold on a second. Yeah. I have to think about this in a different way now. Yeah. And li- living in exile may be wondering, I mean, the, the understanding at the time was God lived in the temple. So right. if the temple's been destroyed, does that mean your God's been defeated? And as you're living in exile in Babylon, maybe you're wondering, is anybody going to come for us? Right, right. Where is God? Who are we? And we all know no one has ever asked those kinds of questions before mm-hmm. or since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think it's worth pointing out for the sake of this podcast, um, Pastor Megan, you know, this, this is spoken to 
a group of people for whom the future is uncertain mm -hmm. and the path mm -hmm. ahead looks maybe challenging. Mm -hmm. Do you think Easter Lutheran Church can relate to any of that? So on a macro level, I think we can relate to that, not to, you know, continue to beat this drum, but man, these past two years, right? These past mm. two and a half years, um, who are we? What is going on? What are we supposed to make of this? Where is God? Who am I? I mean, just in that level, yes, I think Easter people can identify to these kinds of questions and feelings. And I think on a micro level, too. Um, you know, as we as we talked about last week in the podcast, and as as hopefully everyone has heard, whether from his letter or from his sermon last week, um, not only Pastor Brandon are you heading off to mm -hmm. gosh this really amazing new thing to which God has called you, but so is Pastor Steve. He is he is going on to what I can only describe as like a like a dream call for him. This is literally something he's been preparing for decades to do. So we're both excited for you and for Pastor Steve and. For, for we who remain, <laughs> there is this sense of, well, now what? Who, who are we now? Where is God now? What is, what is next for us? Um, and it can be really easy to get stuck in despair on those kinds of questions. It can be really easy to look ahead and say, well, the way is unclear, therefore it must be bad. Mm. Um, that's, it's really easy to get stuck there. And so this response, you know, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the people who are in exile, wondering those same things, to hear such just really clear, reassuring things like, do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I am the Lord, your God. Like mm. those are really definitive statements <gasps> of you wonder who you are. You wonder what's going on. Yeah. Here's my answer. You are still my people. I am still with you. Yeah. We are we are doing this scary and uncertain work together. Yeah, and this is really what I've learned a lot about this passage. What happens is you pick your favorite one first, and then you have to get ready to preach on it, and you Ooh, learn new yeah. things about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a commentator, Callie Plunkett-Bruton, who points out that Isaiah 49.7 describes the Israelites as deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, a slave of the rulers. So if you've lived in Babylon and people have considered you deeply despised, abhorred, and slaves, then to all of a, a sudden, all of a sudden hear from God, actually, you're none of those things. Right. Um, like you said, no, you, you are mine. Right. Right, right. And even in that first verse, in verse, um, you know, 43.1, um, says, here, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, mm. who formed you, O Israel. This hearkening back to Jacob, who is Israel, to whom God has made these promises before. Like, no, 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 I'm going to work with you. And I don't mm. know if you all remember. It's okay if you don't. It was a, it was about a minute ago when we talked about Jacob. That the Jacob wasn't exactly like the most upstanding citizen. He mm. he was a bit of a, of a trickster himself. He was a bit of a shady guy pulling one over. And worse yet, he wasn't smart enough as a tricky guy to realize when he himself was being tricked. So he got himself tricked too. He's he's facing, you know, this huge potential fight with his, with his brother ultimately that might result in his death. And God appears to him and says, no, no, no I'm still with you. Like, I'm, I'm doubling down on you. I'm going to give you this new name. You're the one through whom I will continue to build a nation. So when this passage from Isaiah references back to Jacob, 
It's saying, remember those promises I made mm. like forever ago yeah. when you were an entirely different people from an entirely different place? Those things are still true. I don't care where you are now. I don't care what's going on now. I mean, I do. I'm God. But mm-hmm. all those promises still hold, even though everything has changed. Yeah, and that the Hebrew words for create and form are the same words used, like you said, forever ago in Genesis 1 and yeah. Genesis 2 for creating and forming all that is. So we have just this beautiful hearkening to, hey, the God who created all that is also created and formed you. And God isn't just going to forget what God yeah. made and move on with life. The God who created uh, created you and deeply cares about you. And now that same God is going to do something new. God, it's gonna, God's going to keep creating and God's going to create something new. And so our, our wonderful prophet is trying to kind of convince the Israelites that it's time to go back to Jerusalem. It's a tough sell. Right, because even though we might say, ooh, exile sounds terrible, you know, being being in a foreign land oppressed by, by those who conquered mm. you, I mean, that is terrible, don't get me wrong. Right, <laughs> yes it is. But, and this is a real but, we can get used to almost anything. Mm-hmm. Like we can convince ourselves that a yeah. thing is good simply because we've done it for longer than a generation. Mm-hmm. And so when the people live in exile for a couple generations, like they raise up their grandkids here and their grandkids are getting married to some of the local kids and they start to go, well, maybe we've done this long enough that maybe it's just, maybe it's good enough. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe we'll just stay put because the thought of changing is too scary all mm. over again, right? And so God is saying, <laughs> hold on a sec. Yeah. Uh, yes, you're in exile. And yes, it was the result of some actions that I warned you not to take. But you did it anyway. But you did it anyway. And now you're in <laughs> exile. And guess what? You also aren't going to stay in exile because one of the promises I made to you was to make you a nation, to make mm. you a people, to give you land, to give you an inheritance. And those promises are still true, even though we've taken this little exile detour. So yeah, now God has to sell the people on. Maybe you should, maybe, maybe you should come out of exile. Maybe. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on back home. Maybe. And, and I wonder too, if, you know, how much of this is written because the journey back to Jerusalem was actually quite treacherous. Right. And so the response or perhaps the rebuttal is, well, we'd never make it that far. Right. Uh, it's because it's too dangerous. hard. Um, and then we get this, well, well, listen, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When? And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And I, I think, I don't know if that's intentional, but that reminds me, there, there was another time in the Old Testament where God took the Israelites and passed them through water to right. get from a place of enslavement under Pharaoh in Egypt and said, oh, we're just going to, we're going to do something again like that. We're going to, I'm going to pass you through water and bring you uh, to a new place. Right. Um, but also, Pastor Rangan, and the reason I picked this verse, I think you, you're picking up what I'm per- putting down. Oh, yeah? Because... It says, when you pass when. through waters. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the next verse says, when you walk through fire. Mm-hmm. What's that mean to you? Um, uh, let me respond to your question with a story. Uh, when I was a teenager, um, I lived in, you know, rural northwestern Minnesota. I lived in Warren, Minnesota, where my family still lives. And maybe some of you remember the stories of the flood of 1997, when Grand Forks, North Dakota, and many surrounding areas were walloped with um, catastrophic 100-year floods. Mm-hmm. And even downtown Grand Forks, 
the city where I was born, um, burned. The the floodwaters um, shorted something out and sparked a fire and all of downtown burned. Um, it was really disillusioning for people in that area, you know, for to have kind of the biggest area near us destroyed and, and many other cities and towns that got absolutely no attention because of the catastrophic destruction of mm-hmm. Grand Forks, who also went underwater, including my own hometown, um, that nobody even heard about because the news about Grand Forks was so overwhelming. So literally... There was water and there was fire. And for a lot of people, there was the question, how could God do this to us? Mm-hmm. How could God let this happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I find this weird kind of sideways comfort in saying, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. God does not promise a world in which there are not challenges and there are not crises and there is not struggle. God promises to be with us and not let us be overwhelmed by them. Mm-hmm. And so even in the microcosm of the story of the, the flood of 97, Grand Forks built back, my hometown built back, um, the city, the communities rallied together and and it became something that, that helped the communities become stronger. And so you're not gonna hear me say, oh, God had a reason for that and it was to build the community better. Mm-hmm. No, what you're gonna hear me say is through this terrible crisis, God continued to walk with them and brought them through on the other side and made no promise Mm -hmm. that there might not still be struggles again someday. God promises instead to continue to go with us Mm -hmm. into these crises. And and I think it's important, too, to point out that it's not a reflection of our faith when we go through difficult times. Right. I don't know why, but still hanging on there is, oh, gosh, you know, my my basement flooded, my house is destroyed. I'm Maybe if I were more faithful, maybe right. if I prayed more, maybe what if is I God went punishing me for yeah. that this thing happened? Maybe yeah. then all of mm-hmm. this would have been, you know, God would have done something to prevent this. And mm-hmm. ac- actually, very faithful people have their basements flooded all the time. Oh my goodness, and worse, yeah, and much right. worse, right? <laughs> yeah, property can be replaced, right? And if we're gonna make it based on like your level of faith, how good of a person and Christian are you? How moral are you? Friends, the whole point of what like Martin Luther uncovered 500 years for us is if we are held to that standard, none of us remain. Mm -hmm. You're a pretty great listener. You are a Mm -hmm. wonderful person. And I think you're awfully good. And, And even you could not stand if the only thing keeping God from destroying you is how good and upright and moral you are. Because you know that thing you messed up. You know what you did. Mm-hmm. That You want to hold that against you? You want that to be the thing on which God decides whether or mm-hmm. not you should be sick or successful? or or No, 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 no. The point is not, what did you do deserve this? The point is, we all mess up. Mm-hmm. There is chaos at work in this world. There are things set in motion that that must reach fruition. And the point is not, how do you avoid it? The point is, how do you see God walking with you through it? Yeah. And I think that's also what I love about this story, too, other than all the other things I love. Well, it is literally the verse you picked as your favorite. So there you are. I I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That when God looks at us, God doesn't see us for those mistakes or shortcomings because we have this beautiful image of that God has redeemed us. Mm -hmm. And that word redeemed, you know, there's this notion of goel um, or kinsperson or redeemer that's central to to the book of Isaiah, but also several other Old Testament Mm -hmm. themes. Um, But this idea of goel at the time was, is sometimes the brother-in-law who who marries the widow, right? And Mm -hmm. helps Mm -hmm. the family. 
Um, but then there's also uh, the main duty of a goel uh, are to provide, these are in my notes, provide a credible threat of vengeance that would prevent violence dur- during times of centralized power. That sounds kind of fun, but actually we're looking, terrifying. we're looking more at the second <laughs> duty, which was to redeem relatives from economic destitution. So if oh, a person wow. became impoverished such that they had to sell their property um, or sell their own freedom to pay their debts, then the goel would be the person who comes and pays their ransom and sets us free. And so we get this reminder that God as our redeemer comes to us just where we are um, and God has, in Jesus Christ, paid our debts, if that's helpful language for some of you, to set us free so that we really do belong to God. Yeah. And nobody else, not our boss, sorry, boss. What? Um, you know, not our company, right. not even our children. Right. Right. Not our, not even our earthly parents. What? Not even our best friends. Uh, yep. We, we belong to God. And I, and I love that it ends with forever. I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Right. Don't make any mistake. It's not one of these idols that the people of Babylon have been worshiping. We're not making fun of those. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. God is being very clear. I'm bringing you back home to Jerusalem because I am the one who saved you. And you are my people. And we've got work to do. Yeah. I think that's pretty exciting. And and we have work to do and we will do it together. <gasps> you know, that this I I I am walking with you in this, right? Like it's I really love that it's not a God who drops in occasionally and says, mm-hmm. Oh, you need saving real fast. Here we go. And then whoop, I'm on peace out for another half century, <laughs> couple hundred years. I'll come back when I feel like it. This isn't a God who who swoops in? I mean, this is the 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 definition of the opposite of Deus ex machina. Who, for those of you who know that literally, yeah, De- God as a machine, the one who drops in and redeems and then drops back out. Um, this is not this is not that. I was an English major, so literary devices matter to me. Um, this is a God who is consistent, mm-hmm. a God who is present, a God for whom ongoing relationships matter. So this is a God who's who's going to walk through through the fire, who's going to walk through the water, who's going to be there in the hard times, through the junk and the trash, mm-hmm. um, and is going to be there in the good things and in the joyful things. And so yeah. it's it's that reminder to recognize that presence and recognize that love and relationship when things are hard, when things are good, when things are uncertain, when things are changing, because God is at work in all all those times. And listener, maybe there's something that's easier for you, right? Like you're more likely to turn to God in prayer, let's say, when things are really hard and scary, but not when you have lots to say thank you for. Or maybe you're really likely to turn to God and recognize God's presence when when you feel blessed, right? When you feel like you've got what you need, but but just can't see God when things are hard. I, we're all different. We all have these, these patterns we fall back into. I challenge you to to remember that in any time of life, in any phase, whatever it is you're going through, that God is with you then too. Like what would it mm-hmm. take for you to challenge yourself to name that, to recognize that, to watch for that, right? It's kind of like it's kind of like training yourself mm-hmm. to remember that God is always there, that God mm-hmm. has created you, God has redeemed you. You belong to God. You do. And I think um I'll leave you with these closing words. So uh, you'll have to come to worship to hear the full story. Right. I was going to um, say, I would say, why is this your verse, Pastor Brandon? Yeah. But I feel like that's what the sermon is. Yeah. You have to come to worship to hear the full story. But 
This is the Bible passage that was inscribed around the top of the baptismal font at the church I served in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, um, where the pastor, I was a youth director at the time, 24 years old, I had bangs. The pastor there um, took me uh, to lean over that font, not for a rebaptism or anything like that. Just to look, just to just have to a place um, uh, so he could anoint my head with oil and pray for me before uh, one of my two surgeries for malignant melanoma, which is skin cancer on my back. So a very scary time for me, very comforting verse. So when I think about this passage, it reminds me that, you know what, I think God's got this. Mm. And I don't, I don't belong to my illness. I don't belong to my shortcomings or failures. I belong to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's healing in that too. Yeah. Yeah. So. And f- f- for you, whoever you are who is listening to this, I hope that whatever it is you are facing, whatever fire it is you're walking through, um, I hope these are words of comfort for you today. I hope these these remind you that you do not do this alone, that we, you know, as, as, as fellow people of Easter, we do this with you. We walk with you. Um, and your God walks with you as well. Mm-hmm. These words are for you too. Yeah, so we hope you carry these with you throughout the week. Um, we hope you have a wonderful 4th of July. Yeah. Uh, celebrating however you celebrate. And uh, we thank you for tuning in to our podcast here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry, carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ. May the road rise on.